am. It is I, Shven, on the mic tonight. My brother is unfortunately not with us, but I am welcoming back Cousin Kyle from Europe. How are you, wow. my man? Oh, I am so happy to be back. I mean, I'm actually, I, I actually kind of am. Um, <laughs> everybody who asked me, they were like, oh, how, you know, how was it? I said it was great, but we also went for like 17 or 18 days. <laughs> and there, re there reaches a point after like day 12 or 13 of going nonstop that you're like, all right, I've had enough. Like, like uh, I love this, but I, I'm sick of spending money. Let me money. go home. Exactly. Yeah, I'm, sick, I'm sick of spending money. I'm sick of walking 14 miles a day. Like, I'm ready to just kind of go home. You probably lost a lot of weight, too. Even eating. I did. Yeah. I lost a lot of weight, and I got sick along the way. So, honestly, it's not that great because we went from Italy, which was 90 degrees, to Amsterdam, which was 55 degrees. Oh, boy. To Barcelona, which was 84 degrees. So, my, yeah, my, that's not my healthy. body yeah, my body couldn't <laughs> handle it, honestly. So, that's that. But, Oh my God. But I am back. It is now the end, middle end of July. Fantasy season is quickly approaching. I could not be more excited, honestly. Training camp has officially started. Yeah, so. and draft season is somewhat uh, around the corner. I mean, I preparation and then draft season uh, for me is, I mean, I always draft in like, you know. It's always August. Always. I, I Unless it's a dynasty, you know. Depends. I usually draft in September um personally if, if i can yes definitely like labor day weekend or something yeah. or like that that week maybe that tuesday or wednesday before the first thursday That's what I, I, do. I take off i take off the entire week of labor day and i draft monday tuesday wednesday and thursday and then i yeah amazing it's a I great, mean, great start so if you're listening and you want to know what you should do about your draft <laughs> i always look I no always, further i always draft then because people get hurt in the preseason they, you know, things can happen. People lose their spots, whatever it is. I know the inverse of that is that, you know, you get steals and sleepers when you draft in July. But It's but. going to happen, though. Injuries are going okay. to happen. Yeah. Anyway. So, as I said, we are the Fantasy Fam. You can follow us on Twitter, at the Fantasy Fam. Uh, we're currently doing our Mark Ingram giveaway, a signed jersey. There's still about a little less than a week uh, left on it. So, if you are listening, I'm going to throw the hashtag out. You know, we'll give you another chance, you know, to win that. Uh, you can also find us on most platforms, including iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher. But let's get into some news. Okay, listen up, everybody. Turn up your volume. Announcement. I've got news for you. Um, biggest one, actually, and I uh, saw him at SportsCon. Didn't actually get to meet him, but it was pretty cool to see him. Uh, his hair's a little crazy. But Melvin Gordon. What's, uh, what's going on with this? You, uh, what were the rumblings that you heard over in Italy? <laughs> <laughs> um, so this was the biggest one. I got like four alerts at once on this Melvin this, Gordon one. This is big. This is really he big. Is, he is a franchise running back. He deserves to be paid. And the fact is, is that if he's not getting paid or he's not getting traded, he's not going to play. I don't think there's any ifs, ands, or buts about this one. If he does not get paid before the season starts and he does not get traded to a team that will value him and pay him, he is not going to play, which – Spells terrible news for Melvin Gordon owners. However, it does spell great news for people who want to go after someone like Austin Eckler or Justin Jackson. I myself am a just, um, uh, Austin Eckler fan, but because he can do more. I mean, both, he's both of them. Both a, of them are going to be. They're going to use. A, yeah, he's not a prototypical running back. I think. I think Justin Jackson has more of that frame for a prototypical running back. Eckler is more of that receiving back. However, this is bad news for the for the Chargers, but it could potentially be good news for a sleeper later on. Uh, but yeah, this is one to watch. It definitely it, – because it, it's different than the Lev Bell situation because he's still under contract. So if he doesn't play, he's getting penalized. He's, this yeah. is going to cost him. So that's why I think, at least for me, I'm so much more intrigued to see what happens with this. Where Lev Bell, it was like, all right, you know what I mean? Like it's – it 
okay, he's not he's not coming back. Like it does, it's not going to hurt him. Yeah, this this Melvin could affect, Gordon. This is Melvin Gordon is still a young running back on a good team. Uh, I don't think they should be stupid at all in this. He is a franchise running back with a ton of talent, and it still has a bright future. Pay the guy. Most he's the most product, one of the most productive running backs when he's healthy. Yeah, well, when he's healthy, but well, surprisingly, he's actually been quite healthy though the past. Yeah. Yeah, like except, except when you need him in the freaking playoffs, he's nowhere to be found. Exactly. So that's how my team usually goes last year. Thanks, buddy. Anyway. <laughs> so Melvin Gordon, uh, I let's let's keep an eye on that, you know. Um this one is not it's not as big, but it it could affect, you know, where you want to draft certain uh certain late rounders, you know. Uh LaShawn McCoy may not even make the Bills. What? I mean, I think you you said that, right? A little maybe earlier this year. I said this. I said this like two months ago, maybe more. I said two plus months ago. We were talking about the Bills. We we're talking about I don't know how it came up, honestly. But I said I was like, there is no lock. Lashawn McCoy is going to be a Bill to start the season. He is being paid entirely too much to be a below-average older running back on a team that's trying to get younger, trying to get better on offense. Why would they stick around with Lashawn McCoy when they drafted Singletary? They and they signed, have Frank Gore. They right. They signed Frank <laughs> Gore. They signed T.J. Yeldon. I mean. I don't. I, I still think he's going to get cut. Um, and if he does, that's fantastic news for Devin Singletary being drafted in the twelfth. And um, yeah, oh yeah. And, and then T.J. Yeldon. I mean, T.J. Yeldon. T.J. Yeldon's not being drafted, so which I, I I'm still in awe about that. T.J. Yeldon through the first ten weeks, no, th- nine weeks, ten weeks, he was the number ten running back in PPR on Jacksonville. Um. I mean, what's, what's going on? Why is, why is he not being drafted? I don't, I don't get it. So that right there is news, obviously, affecting other players, you know, later in your draft. Uh, this is the bigger news. Um, Tyreek Hill, no suspension. We are not going to go into depth on it because, honestly, we know what we know. That's it. Whatever. For fantasy, he's back in the argument now for one of the best in the game. Uh, would you say maybe late first round, early second for him? Um, what do you I mean, based on what his production capabilities are and Patrick Mahomes as quarterback, um, I do think he is that early second to mid-second round pick. Um, he's a guy who's going to get you 85 to 92 receptions, probably over 1,300 to 1,400 yards. And his touchdown potential is what's going to make him that difference maker between, you know, does he get drafted before or after someone like Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, so if he puts up eight-plus touchdowns, you know, eight to 10, 11 touchdowns, then yes, he is not in that conversation for a, you know, really early second round pick. And a, and a return guy too, right? Oh yeah. Well, that's Whether they want to use him at return, who knows what they'll do, but you get points for that also. And he is definitely worthy of that pick. He has been trustworthy. Oh, yeah. He is explosive and he's on a high power offense with technically the best quarterback in the NFL. 17 yards per catch. That's pretty good. That's yeah, right. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that's absurd. Oh, now, God. Let's dive into the content of the episode. Bounce back players for the season. Well, I'm back. Uh, we'll start it off with you. First bounce back player. Could be injured. Could have had a bad year. Chances are it's going to be some guy, obviously, that we have seen performance from. Didn't do so well. Like I said, either got injured or didn't, you know, so. Well, we all know my love and, you know, desire to draft and draft hard Kenyon Drake, okay? I love Kenyon Drake this year, okay? Last year, so do I. He, okay, PPR leagues, he finished as a top 14 running back. 
So bounce back sounds well, like he was, he was being drafted around there outside of the top 14. Is, is it really considered a bounce back? Yes, because Kenyon Drake has the ability to be a top 10 running back. Adam Gase just hated using him. Adam Gase hated his guts for some reason. I don't know why. We, we'll never know. A guy that was averaging, what, over the last two seasons, like 125 rushing attempts per, you know, for the year is ridiculous. He is a guy who could easily get 175 rushing attempts, 50-plus receptions. I, I just I don't understand why Gase wasn't using him. I know the offense sucked, but whatever. Okay. That's besides the point, exactly. Yeah, Gase, Gase is gone. Step in O'Shea, uh, was it Chad O'Shea, who was the off, um, wide receivers coach in New England. I think this is actually good news for him, okay? They want to use that wide receiver core with an offensive coordinator like Shea, they wanna, O'Shea. They want to use that wide receiver core. However, they don't have good wide receivers. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. So, so I think Kenyon Drake could have a role in that passing game even more than he had last year. Plus, I think they're going to utilize him way more than Adam Gase ever did. Okay, they do have a below offensive, below average offensive line, but he, like I said, he was way undervalued and way underutilized in an uh, Adam Gase offense. I think this time around, he only has Kalen Balaj to deal with, who I think is a decent running back, but I do think he takes a sec, uh, takes a back seat to Kenyon Drake. Oh, Kenyon totally. Drake, Kenyon Drake right now is being drafted in the early fifth round, which means Ugh. he has the capabilities to be your third running back off the board. I think he has the capabilities to finish as a top twelve running back even though he's being drafted as the 24th running back off the board, okay? Over the last three seasons, he has averaged somewhere between 4.5 and 5.4 yards per carry, okay? And that's with limited touches. So he's been a high-efficiency guy. If he gets to that 250 total touches, somewhere in that, you know, 175 to 200 rushing attempts, 50-plus receptions, there's no way he finishes outside the top 12, okay? With his efficiency and with the opportunity in that Miami offense, I don't see a reason why he would, Okay. He was the number 10 running back in yards per touch efficiency last year at 5.8. That is a big thing to, to focus on because efficiency plus opportunity equals top 12 every time. So for me, Kenyon Drake last year underutilized, didn't finish where I hoped he would. This year, I really think if you give him the opportunity and give him the touches, he finishes as a top 12 running back. And, and it, you made a good point too that he's going in the fifth round. I mean, I just did a dynasty, a, a draft night out, you know, after SportsCon. Woo! Got David Johnson, Lev Bell, my first two picks. Amazing. I think like three rounds later, Kenyon Drake was sitting there. Picked him right up. So he's yeah, clearly no reason not to free running back. I mean. Uh, and exactly, like you said, when he's given the chance, he clearly shows that he can actually do it. He can handle it. Yes. And Kenyon Drake. Give him the ball. He goes against my philosophy, which I love talking about. I do not love or even like losing teams, losing running backs, running backs from losing, <laughs> running backs from bad teams. However, he should be the central focus of that offense. Okay, you have a really old quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick, a really young one and a new one in Josh Rosen. Wide receiver core that is, I don't know what they are. Um, so I think he should be the central focus, whether it's in the running game or in the passing game. So for that reason, I will probably have 75% shares of him. 100% right here. Uh, my bounce back, my first one, is a guy from Atlanta, Atlanta Falcons, Devonta Freeman. Now, this is a very interesting one. He's, uh, he's currently going in the third round-ish, middle of the third, depending on, obviously, you know, whatever site you're using. Um, or I've seen him go as, you know, as early as, like, the late second. Now, Devonta Freeman is a kind of an interesting one because, I mean, he got hurt. He's... He hasn't been the healthiest, but when he's healthy, 
I mean, we've seen what the guy can do. The guy had an MVP season a couple of years ago, over a thousand yards rushing, over 500 yards receiving. He, he clearly can handle the workload. He had two seasons of over 54 catches um, and over 200 carries in both of those seasons. So he definitely can handle close to 300 touches. If he's healthy, this, this could be a huge steal because he could end up finishing the season uh, definitely top 10. I would say maybe top eight, depending on, you know, how you value him. But that Atlanta offense, you got Julio on the outside, Calvin Ridley, and then Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper. Boom. No Tevin Coleman. And without Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman has actually played very well. So he is my first bounce back guy. Yeah, his bounce back is mostly because he was injured. Um, exactly, based yeah. on exact, but injuries play a big role too. They you do. know, like in the next, in the following year. So right, he he was. I mean, bounce back. You you are literally trying to come back from an injury that kept you out the entire season. Uh, but the biggest thing for him is is the fact that not only did they improve the offensive line immensely, exactly, and they drafted another offensive line. I mean, too. those first two rounds they went heavy and hard in the first uh, two rounds. They're going. They're going for it all. But not only that, Tevin is gone. Like you said, Tevin is gone. Exactly. Edo Smith, Edo Smith is not taking on those those carries. And who's who's the other guy? Wait Devonta Devonta Freeman is is on pace. He's gonna he's gonna get his opportunities. He's gonna get the two hundred carries. He's gonna get the fifty receptions, and he's probably gonna have eight to ten touchdowns on the ground. So, so I like that one. So if I get a, if I can get a solid running back one, you know, someone like a da- like a David Johnson or CMC or something like that, and then third round if he's still there. Oh my God. All in. Do it. Do it. Anyway, my hit us with your second one. My second one is ridiculous. Okay. Cause I didn't, I didn't so much not believe it at first, but nothing's ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous because <laughs> I have never been a huge fan of this player, but that's because of the team he was on and the role he had in that offense. But Devin Funches has now moved from mm. Carolina to Indianapolis. He goes from a quarterback in Cam Newton who has never been particularly accurate, um, causing Devin Funches to actually lead the league in drop passes. Uh, but he now goes to Indianapolis with Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck last year had the second most attempts in the NFL with 639. Okay? Cam, Newton, Cam Newton did not have that. I can tell you that for fact. For no, sure. no, okay? no. He goes, he goes to Indianapolis where he really is the clear-cut number two. Okay, I know they have the Paris Campbells of the world being drafted this, you know, as a rookie. But Paris Campbell is a rookie. He's a rookie. Exactly. Deion Kane coming back from in, uh, from an injury last year. You have this kid Fountain once again, and we're we're not talking about ridiculously talented players with a lot of you know pedigree in the NFL. Jack Doyle, Eric Ebron, yes, still there. Marlon Mack still there. However, when it comes to wide receivers on the team, he is the number two. He is going into a situation as a number two wide receiver for probably the best offense in the NFL or the second best offense in the NFL, okay? Over the four seasons he played in the NFL, he averaged five touchdowns per season in an anemic offense of the Carolina Panthers, Mm. okay? If you're not seeing a trend here, my trend is that he goes from an anemic offense to a rather great offense. To a quarterback who's throwing 50 times a game. (laughs) Right. 2015-2016, his first two seasons in the league, he was averaging 15.7 yards per catch. Okay, that did go down over his next two seasons. However, he is a just a big wide receiver or a small tight end, whatever you want to call he it. He was a tight end, switched okay. to a wide receiver. He's being drafted in the twelfth round right now in PPR leagues. Okay, that he's being drafted being drafted as the wide receiver fifty four or so. I think he has the capabilities to finish as a like an early wide like a 
an upside, a high upside wide receiver three. And if you could draft him as a wide receiver, like seven or wide receiver six, I think it's, I think it's pretty crazy. Actually. I do like Devin Funches, not because I think he's the most talented player in the world, but I do like Devin Funches because he is going to a great offense with a great quarterback with opportunity available. Opp- opportunity. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I mean, that's all it is, is, is opportunity. Talent is great, but opportunity matters just as much in the NFL. Um, so I'm, I'm all aboard Devin Punches, getting him as probably my wide receiver, like six on my team and having to start him in certain scenarios. Uh, Cause you're taking a chance. It's not like you already have your starting lineup before you're going to draft Funches, unless you just didn't draft any wide receivers and you're just hoping. So I, I think the wor- the the risk is definitely worth it. I agree. I mean, yeah. Would you? Okay. So let me let me offer some names around being drafted around Devin Funches. Okay. Go. His teammate Paris Campbell, Anthony Miller, uh, Nicole Hardman, Tyrell Williams. Uh, who That's else? Two rookies already. A, a second year guy who's in an offense that Devontae Parker, Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Hamilton. Okay, I would rather have Devin Funches over all of them. Out of every single <laughs> one of those, I would totally yeah. have Devin Funches. So that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Devin Funches, my second bounce back player, solely because he's playing for Indianapolis. I I absolutely love it. Um, my my second guy is another injured dude that you know, obviously was on his way to be a top five, I think, wide receiver in PPR, definitely top ten in Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is currently going in the middle of the fifth. I believe depending on, you know, it's all depending on the site, but I would say that's, you know, pretty good average. Robert Woods and Brandon cooks are both going ahead of him. Now I wouldn't mind having either of them, but based on the value of where I can draft Cooper cup, if he's going to end up being my second wide receiver or even third, depending on how I drafted the guy, he was okay. So when he was actually playing, he was, he was averaging eight targets per game when he was healthy. There was one game, but that's the game that he got hurt. I think he only got one target that game. So, obviously, we're not going to put that in there. Through the first five weeks of the season, he was the number two wide receiver behind Adam Thielen, which that's still – I mean, he had a ridiculous year last year. But now that's in standard, and then in PPR, he was number four. So, clearly, Jared Goff loves him some Cooper Cup. I love Cooper Cup. I know that I'm pretty sure that you actually really like him too. Solid value if he's going in the fifth. If he can stay healthy, this guy is going to finish as a top 15 borderline wide receiver one, wide receiver two. I know that sounds bold, but clearly you saw it last year. I know that's last year, but depending on what happens with Todd Gurley, Jared Goff may have to throw the ball a lot more. And if he throws the ball a lot more, Cooper Cup, fifth round, he's going to be my wide receiver number two. So. That's yeah. that's my second bounce back. I, I agree on all counts. I love Cooper Cup, and I have I loved him last year. I drafted him on like fifty percent of my teams last year, um, only to be you know disappointed, but when he got hurt. <laughs> but Cooper it was Cup, a shame. It was all Cooper Cup was their wide receiver one for the first what five weeks of the season. Six weeks Literally, ago. he was the number two he was, standard, he, but he was the number one wide receiver on the Rams. A yes, high power offense, correct. Who correct. loves throwing the ball? I mean, him and Goff had such a great rapport together, and that's when I started to see. I mean, I know he got early, like hurt early on, but once he went down, I think that offense, from a passing standpoint, kind of started to change a little bit. I it think was, Cooper Cup was kind of that cog in the in the offense. He was that reliable force over the middle that you know Goff could rely on. I, I think him this year. I mean, I think Woods and Cooks had that success because Cup was dead. because Cup was dead. exactly, yeah. and that's. What I mean, I, was I think just they're both. They're both very good wide receivers in their own right, but I do think Cup is the number one on that team, and I know everybody disagrees with me on that one. 
you listen no, I, to, I, I agree. You listen to, you listen to any fantasy football pundit out there, any you know analyst out there, they're going to say it's either Woods or Cooks. I disagree. I think Cup is the number one. And I think that Cooks and Woods are the 2A, 2B. I mean, you can't you can't take away Cooks. I mean, the guy's been on four teams in the past four seasons, and he's gone over a thousand yards every single season. Yeah, he might be the most underrated of any of them. Oh, he's so <laughs> underrated. But based on value and where I'm, I mean, I'm I'm taking the chance on Cooper. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah. Another in, another injury guy. Exactly, but, another injury guy. But then again, these injuries really could play a toll. You never know. AC, it's you know. an ACL too. It's not like he's injury prone or anything. It's just it's a it's a tear. It, it is what it is. It's exactly so. Now for your third bounce back. So my third bounce back was hard for me because I have never um, gotten behind this player as a guy I would love to draft. Do I like him? Do I think he's a good player? Yes. Did he burn my team and it helped me? Um, yes. By drafting Sam Darnold, um, we were okay dealing with the fact that we lost out on Kirk Cousins. Okay. Kirk Cousins is my third and final bounce back player. His first year in Minnesota was actually not that bad. Okay, people, people were like, oh, Kirk's down. You know, Kirk hasn't been great this year. You know, he's, he struggled a little bit. He didn't finish as that top eight quarterback. They paid, paid him all this money. What is it? Okay, well, not only did he finish with the most touchdowns in a season of his career with 30 touchdowns, okay? First time he's gone over the mark for 30 touchdowns. But he finished with his highest completion percentage at 70.1%. Uh, Which is absurd. Okay, yeah. So now I think that might have been more of the role in that offense and the fact that he has two perennial stars at wide receiver, you know, a good, you know, good running back in Dalvin Cook and Kyle Rudolph, a tight end, yada, yada. Okay. But Kirk Cousins last year finished as what, the quarterback 13, I think. I think it was scoring. It was like 13 or 14. Okay. A solid year. He's being drafted right now as the quarterback 18 to 20. And we're not talking about values here. We're not talking about steals. We're talking about bounce backs. Because Kirk Cousins last year did underperform to a point for what he was given. Okay, in yep. Washington, in Washington, he didn't really have any weapons. He had Jordan Reed for one season of health, and other than that, he really didn't have more than Deshaun Jackson for a season and uh, Pierre Garcon. And like then they started to fizzle away, and he was left with nothing. And he and still yet, threw for over four thousand yards. I mean, he had seasons over forty five hundred yards, over forty six hundred yards. You know, twenty eight plus touchdowns. He goes to Minnesota with Stephon Diggs, Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Kyle Rudolph, I mean, really, really great offense. But some of that isn't his fault. His first season in Minnesota, that, that's one strike against him. He had to learn the offense, learn the, you know, the new players he was playing with. But the offensive coordinator consistency was so crappy. Yeah, it was pretty bad. It was so bad that how could you blame him? It, went, it was all over the freaking map. Filippo was fired. Then we add in... Um, uh, Stefanski. Then we add in, you know, Kubiak now in the offseason as a as an offensive, you know, whatever, like analyst or, you know, advisor. It's been all over the place. But now they've settled on Kevin Stefanski, Stefanski, whatever his name is. And he is now their offensive coordinator. One guy, one mind, being able to help Kirk and helping that offense grow. Okay. Uh, he's being drafted as a quarterback 18, quarterback 19, with capabilities to finish as a quarterback six on a high power offense that has two star Pro Bowl wide receivers in Stephon Diggs. Two wide receiver and ones. Adam right, two wide receiver ones. So he, is, he might actually, out of the three of them, he might be my favorite bounce back, which is crazy because I hate quarterbacks and I'm not a huge fan of Kirk Cousins. But the, the, it's all written in the stone here. I mean, if you look at every single um, player profile advanced metrics or advanced stats about Kirk Cousins last year from his passing productivity standpoint, 
He finished in the top 10 of every single category. Passing yards, air yards, pass attempt distance, uh, money throws, interceptable passes, danger plays, and passing touchdowns. He was in the top 10 of every single category. But he finished as a quarterback 13 because he didn't, he didn't utilize his, his offensive weapons as well as he should have. He did, Adam, but he didn't. Adam Thielen, th- through the first, what, nine, ten weeks of the season, was absolutely incredible. What happened in those last four or five weeks? Exactly. Of the season? Well, what? Okay? I, it's, I like Kirk Cousins this year as my quarterback, potentially one. I mean, I'd be okay drafting him as my, with my 13th-round pick because he's if, there. Agreed. Bounce back, not just because he's – I mean, moving from quarterback 13 to quarterback 6 is not a huge jump, but I think he's capable of that. I think he's capable of being a quarterback 5, 6, 7. Um, like you so said, we've seen what he can do in Washington with not even as good of a team as he has in Minnesota. So I totally agree with you. And just to name some quarterbacks that are going ahead of him, Lamar Jackson, Jimmy Garoppolo, even Tom Brady's going ahead of him, which yeah, well, Tom's not a fantasy quarterback anymore. Well, Garoppolo isn't – I mean, I like Jimmy Garoppolo. I think he's a good quarterback, but from a fantasy standpoint, what we is he going to get you? But from, I mean, forget – even if we know he's good, he is. But from a fantasy stats-based pers- perspective here, he is a 4,000-yard, 26-touchdown guy. I mean – Could be. At maybe 30. Who knows? But that's, that's his ceiling right there. I don't think he's more than that. I think he's a good quarterback, but I don't think he's a great fantasy quarterback. Now, my third bounce back is Jimmy Graham. Yeah, Jimmy Graham. I know, a tight end. So, he's on the Packers. That team was just in shambles last season. I don't think any of us knew what was going on. I don't even think the Packers knew what was going on. Now that he's got a season under his belt, you know, playing with Rodgers, got a new head coach in uh, Matt Lafleur, a first-time head coach. So, clearly, he's not going to want to screw it up. Um, Obviously, Aaron Rodgers doesn't have much longer, but he's still playing at an elite level. I mean, the guy is just a machine when he's out there. Just to give you a little bit, he is going between the 12th and the 14th round right now for a tight end, and that's really late. Considering me, I, I have him as my ninth tight end. I don't know where you have him ranked. Um, I think that that's reasonable as of now. I'm, it's still early. My rankings could end up changing. But based on that alone, I think that that's – very good value because you can build your team through the first 12, 13 rounds. And then, oh, hey, Jimmy Graham, there he is. Yeah, I mean, I can, I can see it. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's his second, what's his second year now going to be in the Green Bay offense, right? Second year with, obviously, new head coach. Last year was a little bit, uh, I don't bad. know, it was just a word weird. Is, the word is bad. Um, yeah, and he I still mean, finished as the number 12 tight end. I know that's yeah. not much, but. Yeah, I've read a lot of articles this year about how people were like, I-, I can't believe it, but I actually have Jimmy Graham in my top 10. I think he could actually have a decent season um, with Rodgers in that Green Bay offense. And I could see it too. Um, I I do, I believe, think, I think I have Jimmy. I have to look back at my rankings, but I don't want to speak out of, you know, out of turn here. But I do think I have Jimmy Graham in my top 12, but that's also not saying much, seeing that I hate tight ends. Exactly. Um, but, you and everyone else. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah, is Jimmy Graham, if you can get him – very late in the game um, and have him start for you and potentially put up, you know, top 12 tight end numbers, then I think it might be worth your while. I just, I just think he's going to have a season where you may not need to stream one. You know what I mean? I feel like if you take Jimmy Graham, he's going to give you some consistent, you know, he may get like four catches, 50 yards, 60 yards, you know, if that, but it's not like where you're going to have to like, you're guessing at least that's, that's what I'm, that's, that's what I'm hoping for. 
that's the dream with tight end is being able to draft a late tight end that you don't have to then still continue to stream. Like you can hope that you can draft a tight end in that like 10th through like 13th round that becomes good. You know, it becomes a a solid player because I don't mind streaming tight end, but if I can get a like ridiculous value and a, you know, a sleeper tight end in that late part of the draft that actually finishes the top 12, then that's, that's the dream. Because who else besides Devonta Adams? You know what I mean? Like Geronimo Allison. I mean, I like I, I I'm a fan of MBS personally, but but that's the thing. We I mean, we'll we'll hopefully we still don't know. We still don't know exactly. Devonta Adams is the only certainty on that offense, and Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and then Aaron Jones. We don't know, Jones. but we oh, I love Aaron Jones. I, I mean, I love Aaron Jones too, but who who knows? Apparently, they said Jamal Williams could get some touches. Oh no, no, I, no. I don't know that. They better not screw it up. He better not screw it up because Aaron, like I said, doesn't have many more years, so he's going to want to win now. Yeah, and this team, I mean, we're getting off topic here, but whatever. What Green Bay did this offseason was nothing short of amazing. I mean, besides besides their head coach decision, which I thought was a little bit wrong, personally, that defense is now really freaking good, which helps the offense that much more. I mean, they got pass rushing help beyond belief. My boy. Um, through the draft and free agency. Rashawn um, Gary. Yeah, Rashawn Gary. And then they signed, what, Preston Smith, I think. Um, so they got some really big help um, on uh, the defensive side of the ball. So Could I, be a good I, think that, I think that can help the offense a lot. And that become that makes them become a better team. Bounce back players. Tell us what you think, you know. You're probably yelling at your at your audio source right now going, hell, what, what the hell? What are these guys talking about? They don't, they don't know what they're talking about. Those aren't my bounce back players. But did anyone? What? Did anyone? Did anyone not make? Did anybody you wrote down or just you know were thinking about didn't make the list? Anybody you want to discuss? Anyone? I, I mean, I, I think have one. my. There's probably more guys. You know what I mean? But I think these are the ones that stood out at least to me. Yeah. So who's 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 another? one? I mean, the only one is on? the. It's the most obvious one. Exactly, I and I don't want to do some obvious it's, ones. Yeah, but... it's easily the most obvious one. I do think he's going to have a good year. Um, or a much better year than he had last year because granted he didn't play much last year. It's Leonard Fournette. I mean, Leonard Fournette is walking back into a situation in Jacksonville. He's going to get hurt again. Yeah. Well, he's, he's walking back into a situation where he's going to get those 200 plus carries. He's going to get those 40 plus receptions. Yeldon is gone. Um, so those receptions could flow even more to Fournette. So yeah, he's walking into a, into a bell cow situation yet again, but it's all about his health scares. It's all about the, the his role in that offense, how good the team is. The offensive line has gotten better. Uh, much, much, much better. So that helps him as well, but it's all about his health. And yes, I think he can bounce back. I think he can still finish as a top 12 running back. I thought it was too obvious. Right. There's just way too many obvious ones out there. Another one that I thought was a little interesting as well that I saw and he golden Tate. Now I'm, I'm bringing him up. Reason being is because one, the, the giants, they're probably going to be a losing team. They may be even, they, they may be even consideration for the number one pick. Yeah, they should be. <laughs> Um, which means they're going to have to throw the ball a lot. Yes, Saquon gets his touches, but they brought Golden Tate in, obviously, to fill a void. I mean, he's no OBJ, but I could see Golden Tate getting a yeah. lot of action in that offense as far as a bounce back goes. Because, Well, I mean, because last year, obviously, he went from Detroit to Philly, and then so. Yeah, his role diminished immensely, and he's become more of that possession, you know, that high possession receiver. Um, that, and he was Giants. doing good in Detroit. Yeah, a couple thousand yard seasons, and then they ship them away and didn't really do much. So, those are our bounce back players. Um, and I said earlier I was going to mention, you know, our Mark Ingram giveaway, the hashtag. So, it is our pinned tweet. So, if you go to our pinned tweet, you know, you retweet it, like it, 
uh, listen to this episode or the other two that are also listed on there as well. And then give us five stars on iTunes and send us a secret hashtag and the screenshot of the rating, the review, five-star review, uh, hashtag Heisman09, Heisman09. That is the year that Mark Ingram won the Heisman, hence why that is the secret hashtag. On behalf of myself and my cousin over there, this is the Fantasy Fam signing off. 